Good morning, Orlando. Thursday morning, and you're on the 50,000-watt front porch with us, and we are glad you're here for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, immigrants boycott on day without immigrants, and President Trump is headed to Melbourne. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Right. They dined with the Rubios last night at the White House. We'll talk about that. And yes, the first post-inaugural rally. Donald Trump will be held right here in Central Florida. It's all next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 1025. Many U.S. businesses will be closed today for an immigrant boycott. Immigrants are expected to boycott work, shopping, and school as part of a nationwide strike called A Day Without Immigrants. Organizers are encouraging both legal residents and illegal immigrants to stay home. In response to President Trump's crackdown on illegal immigration, hundreds of illegal immigrants were rounded up in raids across the country last week and this week. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The White House is working frantically to find a new Secretary of Labor candidate after President Trump's original pick abruptly withdrew from consideration. Andrew Puzder bailed on the job after uh, bailed on the job offer after acknowledging that he had once a time employed a housekeeper who wasn't authorized to work in the U.S. Puzder's spokesman also says he didn't pay the related taxes until Trump nominated him December 9th, a full five years after he fired the housekeeper. Apparently he got the word, um, the um, the Trump White House, that uh, there were 12 Republicans who were not going to vote for him. This thing had no chance uh, of, of going through, and so Puzder has pulled out. Yes, he has. But in the meantime, the Senate is expected to vote this morning on whether to confirm South Carolina Congressman Mick Mulvaney as President Trump's budget director. Mulvaney has won the endorsement of two Senate committees on party line votes. His confirmation by the full Senate isn't a sure thing, though. Republicans hold a 42 to 48 edge in the Senate and all the Democrats are expected to vote no. Arizona Republican Senator John McCain said yesterday that he's opposed to Mulvaney. Two more GOP defections would kill the nomination. President Trump will hold a rally on Saturday in Melbourne. The event will be at 5 p.m. at the Aeromod International Hangar at Orlando International at Orlando Melbourne International Airport. Doors open at 3. This will be the president's second trip to Central Florida since he won the election in November. Trump, who was president-elect at the time, made a stop in Orlando on December 16th as part of his USA Thank You Tour 2016. He will also be spending his third consecutive weekend in Palm Beach at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Now, when he spoke at the Melbourne airport during the campaign in late September, he really, really packed him in. And I've got more particulars on what you need to know if you want to see the new president in Melbourne Saturday. It's coming up. In local news, two Palm Bay uh, police officers are on routine administrative leave after shooting and wounding a suicidal 70-year-old man after he brandished a handgun inside his home last evening. The man was shot in the leg and hospitalized. His injuries weren't considered life-threatening. It's unclear, though, whether the suspect fired his handgun. Neither officer was hurt. The officers had gone to the home to conduct a well-being check on the man. A neighbor says he lives in the home with his legally blind 90-year-old mother. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is investigating the shooting. And finally, a recently uncovered essay indicates that Winston Churchill was pretty sure intelligent aliens were out there somewhere. Really? An unpublished essay, the legendary British statesman wrote in 1939, has been in the archives of the National Churchill Museum in Fulton, Missouri since the 1980s. Wow. 
in Are We Alone in the Universe? Churchill wrote that he was not so impressed by what he called, quote, the success we are making of our civilization here, end quote, to think that Earth is the only spot in the universe with living, thinking creatures. An Israeli astrophysicist reviewed the essay last year and discusses it in an article in the science journal Nature. I'm hearing him just like a takeoff on his famous World War II speech about how they would never give up. I can see them on the moon. (laughs) I can see them in the stars. And we will find them. We will never give up the search. (laughs) Churchill, I love Winston Churchill. (laughs) I do, too. In fact, I honor him every afternoon with what is coined the Churchill-style nap. (laughs) That's right. He was good for a couple hours every day. Yes, he was. Like, strip down, close the, the, you know, draw the drapes kind of nap. Well, got to gear up for cigars and brandy at five, you know? Absolutely. He's no Thomas Edison 20 minutes on the cot in your your studio kind of thing. No, he, he took a nap very seriously. WFLA News Time 606. Read about a Russian spy ship loitering near a Connecticut Navy base. Online now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. We are here from the Frontgate Realty Studio. No, I'm sorry. Frontgate Realty <laughs> Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man here with Yaffe running the show in the control room. And Bryce will be screening your calls. Wow, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall last uh, night in the blue room of the White House. After all the bad blood on the campaign, a foursome for dinner, the Trumps hosting the Rubios, Deb. I wonder if they started things off with finger food. The hand size issue? You know, a small appetizer to start your your meal with. Well, (laughs) we'll relive some of the bomb throwing on the campaign trail between uh, Marco and uh, Donald. Incoming! Um, (laughs) Big time. That's coming up here. But also, uh, I'll tell you two things. Why Trump's hosting Rubio last night? He needs an ally on something in Congress. And I believe that that, more than anything else, is what this was about. And I'll tell you why the first post-inaugural big-time campaign-style rally for this president is going to occur this Saturday right here within the sound of our voice at the airport in Melbourne. We'll have all of that and a whole lot more Trump news. We're hopping on the Trump train. We are glad you're with us. Good Thursday morning, one and all. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in just two minutes. Right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. From what I know of Harwood, we ought to hope he takes the job. I'll bet he does. Trump went on a, a Twitter tirade after being pretty quiet for several days. The president um, railing on these leaks of classified information to media outlets directly, okay? And he's right. Some of this stuff is absolutely criminal, and it needs to be investigated. And that's where Rubio and the dinner at the White House comes in, in my view. More on that in a moment. But a couple of the tweets from the president on this. Information is being illegally given to the failing New York Times and Washington Post by intelligence community, just like Russia, suggesting that the NSA and the FBI might be responsible. Another tweet. The real scandal here is that classified information is illegally given out by intelligence like candy. Very un-American. Right on, Mr. President. And then this. The fake news media is going crazy with their conspiracy theories and blind hatred. MSNBC, CNN, unwatchable. Fox and Friends, great. 
And the president also called the reports nonsense and said they were merely an attempt to cover up the many mistakes made in Hillary Clinton's losing campaign. Listen, there's a lot still coming on all of this, and I don't know where it's ultimately going. But one thing that is frustrating me here, I know that the president wants to stick it in the eye of mainstream media outlets for their bias against him, like CNN, MSNBC, and on down the line. And he's doing it in his news conferences when he's with world leaders, like he was with Netanyahu of Israel yesterday, by only taking a few questions and refusing to call on any of these people who are going to ask about the Russians and ask about Mike Flynn. So, you know, he's got a couple of conservative outlets, like he goes for the Christian Broadcasting Network or for the Daily Caller or something, and somehow, and I think they have a wink and a nod thing going here, don't give the mainstream media on a feeding frenzy trying to destroy this president the opportunity to do it. We're not going to ask those questions. So the president doesn't address those questions. Then he's back in the White House for the photo op with Netanyahu after their little news conference yesterday, and he's getting shouted questions about this that you can hear, and he acts like he's stone deaf and doesn't hear it. I think Yaffe gets to his advantage if he answers these questions. These are legitimate questions, and I think he can answer it. He's very good on his feet and, and, and makes sense out of all of this and what he intends to do, investigating the leaks, etc., I, I don't think he should stonewall it. I don't think it plays well, ultimately. I know why he's doing it, just to stick it to the media who's trying to stick it to him. But I think there's something he needs to do here, and that is answer the questions. And I think he can and he should. I mean, he did talk about Flynn a little bit and talked about the whole situation, and so they treated him unfairly. So he addressed it a little bit, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you know what? That, but that was really incomplete, too. That was not his best moment because the fact of the matter is he didn't mention the fact that, that there was a lie and a cover-up by Flynn and what he had told the vice president, and Pence went with it on the Sunday talk shows. And you can't have that kind of thing. He totally ignored that side of the Flynn story. But I think the, the whole bit with the intel and the leaks and all of this, I think he wants to speak out. I think he should speak out. I think he can make a great case. I oh, really I do. agree. Yeah, I, anyway. I think so, too. So um, there we go. Now, what in the world are the Rubios doing being invited by the president and the first lady, Melania, for just dinner for four at the White House? That's a really interesting question. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, given all that went down between these guys on the campaign trail. But I think there is a very clear strategy on the part of President Trump in inviting the Rubios for dinner. And I'll tell you what I think is going on here, and I will back it up. Your take on uh, my take on all that's going down with the Trump administration, do you agree with me? He ought to answer some of these questions, and he ought to be asked those questions by whoever is in the press corps that he calls on. He can do it, and he should do it, because I, I, I think he can take this thing in the direction that is beneficial to him, 407-916-5400. I don't think the stone wall comes across well. I really don't, and I don't think it's necessary. What about you, 407-916-5400? Boy, I got to tell you, politics makes strange bedfellows, and, you know, people can be at each other's throats one minute and all of a sudden backslapping each other the next. I guess that's just the way they play the political game. Dinner last night at the White House in the Blue Room at the invitation of the President and the First Lady just 
Marco Rubio and his wife, Jeanette. Can you even imagine that when you think back to these two guys going at it during the primary campaign season? Remember this? Maybe to make sure his pants weren't wet. A guy like Rubio's a baby. I call him Little Marco. That's what he is. He's Little Marco. He's always calling me Little Marco. Little Marco Rubio. Have you seen his hands? They're like this. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, 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 bing. And you know what they say about men with small hands? You can't trust him. He doesn't sweat because his pores are clogged from the spray tan that he uses. Donald is not going to make America great. He's going to make America orange. Donald Trump likes to sue people. He should sue whoever did that to his face. Brutal. That's the way it was in the campaign. But last night they all had dinner. And I've, Yaffe, I've heard no reporting post-dinner. I don't know whether that means anything. I'm assuming it means everything went just fine. You know, not like Rubio's at the bottom of the Potomac or something. <laughs> I don't know. Secret Service took care of him. <laughs> I don't know. At any rate, I, I hope think it- I think uh, Trump probably respects him more for that. Knowing Trump's personality, he probably likes that Rubio was a, a little bit of a fighter. Yeah, absolutely right. I think that's true. And, um, and, and of course, Rubio did back him, although it wasn't like right. he was, you know, right on it. It wasn't like he was Jeff Sessions or Mike Flynn on the campaign trail, but he did back him in the... Uh, in the uh, general election against Hillary Clinton. Uh, they have different uh, stands on Russia that are really profoundly different. But here's what's interesting is Rubio, in the run-up to the dinner with the Trumps, announced that as a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, he would be looking into who wiretapped and leaked former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn's conversations with a Russian ambassador. He's worried about intelligence being leaked to the press, and he wants to get to the bottom of it and hold whoever's responsible in the intel community for doing what is clearly illegal in many cases. He wants him held accountable. Trump needs an ally on the Senate Intel Committee, and he and he was schmoozing Rubio, patching it up so they can bury the hatchet somewhere other than in each other's backs, as they did during the campaign for months on end. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. I also yeah, I think agree. I know why Trump is holding his first post-inaugural campaign-style rally right here in Central Florida on his way to Mar-a-Lago this weekend. He's going to stop off in Air Force One at the airport in Melbourne, where they had a huge crowd of like 8,500 jamming the hangar to capacity back in September, and people standing outside who could never get in. I think he wants a little love. He's getting bashed, you know, just incessantly from all sides. The the anti-Trump media is trying to destroy him, and I think he just needs a little love and a little bit of, you know, a little refreshment. And I think that's exactly what this is all about. He wants to remember that there are people out there that like him. Yes. Even so much. <laughs> Got to get out of the White House. This is very interesting. And get out of the Washington echo chamber, you know. And and I think that's exactly what this is all about. He knows where to find the love out on the Space Coast for sure. If you want to join him, the place, 5 p.m. Saturday, is the Aramod International Hangar at Orlando Melbourne International Airport. Doors open at 3 o'clock, and um, there were limits how many can be in the hangar. Um, so you got to get there early. No chairs. you got to stand the entire time. Can't bring any homemade signs, banners, professional cameras, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Trump-related merchandise will be sold at the event. Um, It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. And I bet you they'll fill it just like they did during the campaign. What is he going to say? 
What's he going to talk about? That's they, what I want to know. Well, they what what I'm reading about is from people who supposedly know is that he will be talking about his early accomplishments as president and his plans for the future as his presidency unfolds before us. Very interesting. I mean, it's just I mean, I, has a president ever done this before? <laughs> just done rallies like I don't know. That's you know, that's a great question. <laughs> like campaign type rallies, you know, if well, right you know after what? he won. No, I don't think that's a great point. Because I mean you, you can picture presidents out on the campaign trail, but it's usually you get to the midterms and you're out there on behalf of a particular candidate that you're trying to help win, right? He's just, yeah, he's just like, I want a bunch of people to cheer me now. <laughs> it's just kinda interesting. Why not? Why not? Go out well, and get some is, love. Well, it is some good PR, to be honest, to show people that, hey, you know, there are still a lot of people that support him. Yep. I think it's interesting. It's gonna be good. So the place is um just where it was in the campaign trail in late September. The Aramod International Hangar out at Orlando Melbourne International Airport starts at five. They say doors open at um, at three. Tickets are available on the website donaldjtrump.com slash schedule. All right. All right, let's check in right now with my co-host and partner on Good Morning Orlando, Deborah Roberts, and get up to date on the very latest news. Deb? Thank you, bud. In a show of force, many immigrants across the country are staying home from school and work today to show how critical they are to the U.S. economy and the way of life. Protests are planned in Philadelphia, Washington, Boston, Houston, Chicago, New York, and other major U.S. cities. A day without immigrants is in response to President Trump's pledge to increase the deportation of immigrants living in the country illegally. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Students and teachers have been griping for years about Florida's fixation on school testing. Now those complaints are finally getting through to the people who run the state legislature. We have heard loud and clear from parents, from teachers, from students who have been talking about the issue of testing. Sorry about that technical glitch. Senator Anna Thierry Flores is sponsoring a bill that's supposed to reduce the number of exams. Representative Manny Diaz says it will also limit when students can be tested. The main point of the bill is to push back those tests to the, the last three weeks of the school year and have an honest conversation about when is teaching going on and when is testing going on. The goal of all that testing is to hold schools and teachers accountable, but Flores says they've gone too far. The Orange County School Board will meet this afternoon to discuss the possibility of pushing back school start times for high school students next year. The meeting, which is scheduled for 4.30 p.m., will take a deeper dive into the debate, but no decision will be made. Some parents say they're open to the proposal because it allows students to get some more sleep, but among the concerns that will be discussed today is how a possible time change could affect transportation. Giving students more uh, a chance to sleep longer will also require additional busing, and that could be expensive. Jefferson County Public Schools could all become charters with a decision coming today. The State Department of Education will consider the plan at a meeting. The decision resulted from the district's poor student performance in recent years. The district school board voted last week to turn over operations to a charter school company. And finally in sports, the Magic are heading to the All-Star break on a down note. Marcus Aldridge scored 23 points as the Spurs slammed the Magic 107 to 79 at the Amway Center last night. WFLA News Time 6:36. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 102.5 WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. 
Steph, thank you so much. Right now, she's back with us this morning from the Bloomberg Newsroom, live in New York City with the Bloomberg Business Report, our good friend Gina Cervetti. And uh, good Thursday morning, a.k.a. Friday Eve to you, Gina. <laughs> Same to you, bud. Good morning. Man, the stock market is just on fire. What can you tell us about the numbers yesterday and what those futures are saying to you this morning, Gina? Well, this morning the futures are slipping just a little bit here, bud, but we had all three of the major benchmarks yesterday hitting new record highs. Stocks were up for a seventh session in a row as financial shares continued their rally. And the S&P added one-half of 1%. That's 12 points to 2349. The Dow was up 107 to 20,612. And the NASDAQ was up 37 to 5819. We had January consumer prices up more than expected. Retail sales did better than forecast. And all of this economic data has now lifted the odds for a Fed rate increase next month to 40% from 30% earlier in the week. Interesting. What's coming down the pike today, uh, Gina? Well, the monthly update on housing starts. That's one to watch. Construction of new homes. We get the weekly reports on jobless claims and the Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index have some earnings coming out. Time issued a report that missed estimates. The restaurant chain Wendy's had kind of a mixed picture, although comparable sales beat analyst projections. So that was good news. We know the animal rights activists have been driving uh, efforts to um, uh, to really hurt SeaWorld here. And we talk about it a lot in one form or another. We've got PETA and SeaWorld in the same Bloomberg story this morning. What's going on? Well, SeaWorld says it has valid reasons to reject a shareholder resolution from People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals that asks the company to move its killer whales to an ocean pen. SeaWorld sent an objection to the Securities and Exchange Commission after PETA called on the company to relocate the captive orcas to seaside sanctuaries and focus on different types of entertainment. SeaWorld's outside attorney said that PETA's resolution seeks to micromanage the company's operations. And the company's lawyers also said that SeaWorld couldn't implement the request, saying that the company had very serious concerns about putting animals that have been in their care for most, if not all, of their lives in undefined, unknown sanctuaries located in the wild. Interesting indeed. Um, and finally, um, big defeat, I guess, for organized labor and a victory for Boeing uh, off, that, um, off that union vote. South Carolina Boeing employees did say no to unionizing in a vote yesterday. That union drive failed with 74% voting against it. It does represent a loss for the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers. However, not a big surprise in a right-to-work state traditionally hostile to collective bargaining. It does come two days before the factory rollout of the largest 787 Dreamliner, that's Boeing's marquee carbon fiber plane, and that event is expected to be attended by President Donald Trump. Most interesting as always. Good to have you back with us. Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Newsroom uh, Report every morning at 635. Take good care. Have a great day in the Big Apple, Gina. Bud, thank you. You have a great day as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Got an interesting couple of callers here on the uh, Trump rally out in Melbourne. One saying, hey, wait a minute. Why are we, the people, the taxpayers, paying for such a thing? It's not campaigning. He's already elected. That's an interesting one. Susan, I'm going to hear from you here along the way, and Frank, as well as time permits. We also want to focus on uh, U.S. economic freedom as rated by the, um, the Index of Economic Freedom through the Heritage Foundation. It has slipped again. Man, are we sliding down the list, and I will tell you why. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFL. 
Jesus in Castleberry, not all that happy about the idea that we might be picking up the tab for the president to fly into Melbourne Airport on the way to Mar-a-Lago this weekend and hold a great big rally with his supporters. What's the problem, Susan? Well, I have uh, two points. Uh, this will be his third trip in as many weekends to Mar-a-Lago. I, if that had been Obama, oh, my God, there'd be blood in the streets. Uh, the other point is really? that... Blood in the um, streets, huh? I'm sorry? Blood in the streets, huh? Uh, well, you know, think about it. Think about it, bud. Um, well, he took vacation is, all over the place, you know. I mean, he was always flying away on those vacations. Now, Not that, three I mean, weekends in a row. And then the other point is, is that, you know, there's a difference between now and then. Now he's using our airplane, Air Force One, instead of his own uh, Trump Jet, and I also think it's pretty tacky, and it could be construed as making money off the presidency to be selling his T-shirts and hats and whatever. Oh, it's really, very tacky. How, how about how about if he just wrote a check for the Melbourne shot to the DNC? Would that make you happy? Would that be all right? I just think he needs to, you know, stay in Washington and do it and try to keep his job because his job is on the line. Oh, I don't think so. And he's also been working harder than any president I've ever seen. Susan, come on, give me a break here, will you? All right, Frank and Deltona, you're going to be out at the rally, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that last remark cracked me up. I tell you, they just despise them, don't they, bud? Oh, yeah, it's relentless. But you're going to be out there, right? I'm going to be there. I have my deplorable T-shirt. I have uh, my button, presidential button, and I have a Veterans for Trump T-shirt. Now we'll wear them proudly. Fantastic, Frank. You're going to have a lot of company, I think, on Saturday late afternoon. Thank you. You know what? The Heritage Foundation, since 1995, has um, created an index of economic freedom to measure how much economic freedom there is in all of the countries of the world, about 180 of them, measuring a nation's commitment to limited government and free enterprise on a scale of 1 to 100, evaluating four critical policy pillars, including rule of law and regulatory efficiency. And um, it's interesting the way it came out this time around. The United States has slipped every year since 2008. We're now down to 17th on the list of 180 in terms of our economic freedom. And they lay it all at the feet of the Obama regime for its substantial expansion and the size and the scope of government and the cost, of course, of government. The new and costly regulations in areas like finance, health care, and the environment, and it's just caused the economy to struggle. No question about it. We talk about it all the time, and Obama doubled the national debt, and that really hamstrings economic growth as well. So they say we have a slide toward more heavily bureaucratic government and an increasingly politicized economy over the last eight years And we are 17th now out of 180 rated economies. Where do you find the greatest amount of economic freedom? Any idea, Yaffe, who might be number one on that list? I'm going to guess Singapore. Good job. Number two. Ah. Right behind Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Right ahead of New Zealand, number three, followed by Switzerland, Australia, Estonia, Canada, the United Arab Emirates, Ireland, and Chile. America's standing in the index has dwindled steadily through the Obama years. Too much government spending and growth, too many regulations, hamstringing free enterprise, and hence the economy. 
failed stimulus program that enriched the well-connected while leaving average Americans behind. Opportunity is knocking because President Trump ran on fixing a lot of these things, which the Heritage Foundation in its latest survey found are compromising and diminishing our economic freedom in America. Well, yeah, Trump signed that executive order that limited federal regulations that every new one they pass, they have to get rid of two. And not only that, but through the Congressional Review Act, Congress is actually getting rid of regulations as well. So we're we're headed in the right direction. Maybe we can get back higher on that list. Yep, we've been heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. And very, very interesting, the Heritage Foundation survey there. All right, right now we're going to open up the phones only, only... For sound judgment players, we got multiple prizes, including some much coveted Yaffe paraphernalia. Up for grabs, but you got it. We got to clear the decks right now, Bryce. He's our screener. 407 916 5400. Sound judgment players only. Don't worry, you'll all have a chance to talk about Trump later on. 407 916 5400. Sound judgment players are in place. I am ready to go with the sound cut you'll need to have the right answer for. Right now, though, let's find out what we're playing for, and we've got multiple prizes. Bryce, what's up for grabs? That's right. If you call now for a chance to win your copy of Greatest Landscapes, stunning photographs that inspire and astonish from National Geographic. It's available now in bookstores everywhere. Plus, Beyond Reason Radio, 1025 News Radio, WFLA Prize Pack. That's the good one, bud. From one majestic nature landscape to the next, this is an iconic collection of National Geographic's photographs of the world's most beautiful locations. Paired with illuminating insights from celebrated photographers, this beautiful book weaves a vibrant tapestry of images that readers will be turning page again and again. Absolutely. It's a big coffee table book. I mean, it's just a terrific deal. And also... What you're talking about with Beyond Reason Radio, that, that's Yaffe's um, broadcasting empire here and very, very special paraphernalia associated with it, right? Uh, yes, and it's got the Beyond Reason Radio logo and website on it, plus some WFLA stuff as well we're throwing in there. You can't beat that. Are you ready to go? Listen closely and think hard. Yesterday, President Trump welcomed Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu to the White House, and as you will hear, the vibes were really good. As you listen to... Netanyahu, use your sound judgment to tell me how many times he has been elected Prime Minister of Israel. Let us seize this moment together. Let us bolster security. Let us seek new avenues of peace. And let us bring the remarkable alliance between Israel and the United States to even greater heights. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Great pipes on Netanyahu. Seems like he's been around forever. Our question to you, callers, how many times has Benjamin Netanyahu been elected prime minister of Israel? Line three, what's the number? How many times, line three? Two. No, but thanks for trying. There's there's an open line. Grab it at 407-916-5400. Line four, how many times has Netanyahu been elected prime minister? Four. Yes, we have a winner. And the fans are going wild. And you have won our multiple prizes on sound judgment. Are you fired up? Woo-hoo! That's what we like to hear. That's good stuff. Give me your first name, please, and I'll make sure I send you a little note of congratulations along with all your prizes, okay? 
thank you, Steve. Steve, where are you calling in from? Mount Dora. Yeah, one of my favorite towns. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, we appreciate you um, listening. We appreciate you playing the game, and we hope you enjoy the prizes. Thank you. Now, don't go away because Bryce will talk to you off air in just a moment, and we'll make it all happen, okay? All right. Have a great rest of the day, Steve. Thanks for being on the 50,000-watt front porch this morning. Thanks again. Have a great day. (laughs) Thank you. We intend to. I'll put him on hold there, and there we go. Yep, dates all the way back to 1996. Now, he hasn't been prime minister continuously, but he's been elected four times, Yaffe. And, uh, you know, he just... He is the first Israeli prime minister born after the country was founded in the late 40s. And, oh, I didn't you know, know that. He That's fought in a couple of wars. I mean, the guy the guy is a national hero. They love right. him over there. And he's a rock-solid conservative, and I really like that. And he and Trump, you could just see Bibi, as they call him, lighting up, you know, in a <laughs> right. way he never did when he was yeah. there with Obama because Obama was nothing but his worst nightmare. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us on a Thursday at the top of the 7 o'clock hour as we bring you the very latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning immigrants boycott on Day Without Immigrants, and a House panel okays a death penalty change in Florida. We'll have the details in one minute. And local college profs being trained to use guns in class when needed next on good morning orlando good tuesday morning or thursday morning at 703 on news radio 1025 don't you ever back us up two days Meister. stop that now <laughs> go ahead Scared myself, but if that means anything to you. (laughs) Immigrants across the country are being told to stay home from school and work today to show how critical they are to the U.S. economy and way of life. It's called a day without immigrants, and actions are planned in cities across the country. The protests gained momentum on social media and by word of mouth. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Mexican woman facing deportation has taken refuge in a church in Denver after U.S. immigration authorities denied her request to remain in the United States. Jeanette Vizguera skipped her scheduled check-in with Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials. An ICE spokesman says Vizguera has two misdemeanor convictions and a judge originally issued final deportation orders for her back in 2011. Back here in the Sunshine State, the Criminal Justice Subcommittee in the Florida House approves a bill that says a killer cannot be sentenced to die unless there's a unanimous recommendation from the jury. Conservative lawmakers don't want to make it harder to impose a death sentence, but Representative Chris Sprouls says it's this or nothing. What I have expressed to lawmakers, Republicans and Democrats, and I think as you saw with the unanimous vote today, that there's been at least the beginning of a reception to that, that, that debate, that uh, in order to leave session with a working death penalty statute that gives victims access to justice, this is what we have to do. The bill is supported by prosecutors and public defenders and could be ready for a floor vote in both the House and Senate chambers during the first week of the legislative session. The session begins on March 8th. And while this may just seem like legislative business going on in Tallahassee, it has real implications, including here in central Florida, where a grand jury returned an 11-account uh, indictment against Mark Keith Lloyd in connection with the murders of his pregnant ex-girlfriend and the murder of Orlando Police Lieutenant Deborah Clayton. The question is, will prosecutors seek the death penalty? We are eagerly anticipating a new statute from the Florida legislature. And at that point, we will evaluate and determine whether we are seeking death on Mark Lloyd. 
That's state attorney Aramis Ayala. Lloyd remains in custody. Man, if the death penalty isn't for a guy like Lloyd, who in the world is it for, you have to ask, Deb? Well, I might have the answer to that, bud. Yeah? Yeah, we're in Polk County. 42 people have been arrested in the latest undercover operation targeting people who prey on children. Here's Sheriff Grady Judd. I love this guy. In their screwed-up minds, this is normal conduct. It's acceptable conduct. Now, most of them will tell you academically that they know it's wrong, it's against society's norms, but it's good for them. Well, we also think prison is good for them. Eighteen of those arrested were involved in child porn. And finally, a second woman is now in custody in Malaysia in connection with the death of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un's half-brother. Kim Jong-nam was killed Monday after what police say was some sort of chemical attack in the airport in Kuala Lumpur. He was traveling under an assumed name and has been living in de facto exile since losing favor with the North Korean regime. He was the one who was expected to take over for his father. The first suspect was arrested Wednesday with a Vietnamese passport wearing a shirt that said LOL. Internet speak for laugh out loud. Yeah. The second suspect was detained today, traveling on an Indonesian passport. The Malaysian government has performed an autopsy on Kim but hasn't released the results. The country's deputy prime minister says the body will eventually be returned to North Korea. Wow. <laughs> They're crazy over intrigue. there. Intrigue. Yeah, intrigue. Yep. WFLA Newstime 707. Listen to last night's edition of Beyond Reason Radio with Michael Yaffe talking about resignations and leaks and everything else going crazy in D.C. Now, you were on last night, Yaffe, and you're on again tonight? Yes, I am on 7 to 9 p.m. By the way, we have a new uh, blog page for Beyond Reason Radio. Just click on the Good Morning Orlando tab and click on the Beyond Reason Radio blog. It has all of my podcasts plus some blog posts of my thoughts on things, so check it out. I'm telling you what, the ever-growing Yaffe Broadcasting Empire. Yes, it yeah, is. Trying. Yeah, you know, so check it out. Give them some props. 1025WFLA.com does a great job. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Deb really uh, admires um, Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. So do I. We've had him on many times. He's really the driving force behind a ground-breaking program to train a local college's professors and staff to be ready to protect students from a potential mass killer. They're training him to use guns. And it's interesting how they got around laws and regulations to do it legally. I'd like to see this expanded. That's where we begin in a moment on this edition of Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I've long been a crusader for the end of the folly and the dangerous and potentially deadly dangerous folly of having gun-free zones, okay? They're all well-intentioned, but when you get a mass killer looking around for somewhere to engineer carnage for whatever reason. These schools, our public schools, our colleges for the most part, are gun-free zones, and it becomes like shooting fish in a barrel. They know there will be no armed resistance to face, okay? That just needs to change, as well-intentioned as it might be. Well, it is changing, Thanks to the Polk County Sheriff's Office 
run by Sheriff Grady Judd. He is working with the staff at a university in Lakeland. It is Southeastern University, a private Christian school, about 3,500 students, and it's uh, right there in Lakeland. And it's a first-of-its-kind program that has been underway now uh, since about the first of the year where the sheriff's office is putting faculty and staff members who volunteer to do it through a very rigorous gun training program. The idea is that they will then be able to carry guns and be qualified to do so, and should there be somebody coming in with guns blazing, they can cut them down and save lives. As Grady Judd said, if you show up on campus with a gun, we're going to shoot you graveyard dead if you try to hurt our kids. Now, how are they getting away with these restrictions? Well, it's gun-free zone in a private college like that or in our public schools because what they do is when you get into that program as a professor, a staff member at Southeastern University in Lakeland, you actually get sworn in as a special deputy. And if you're in law enforcement, you can carry a firearm into an otherwise gun-free zone like a public school or, in this case, a private college. You see how they did that? I think that's a terrific idea. Now, my question to you is, how would you like to see such a program expanded into all of our public schools on a voluntary basis, teachers, principals, administrators, other school staff, would work with local law enforcement and be trained, and I'm taught this is very thorough, rigorous, 132-hour training. I mean, this is a this is very intense. Trained to use guns and to carry guns so you could save the lives of people in that school if somebody came in guns ablazing. I think that's a great idea. You get deputized and then it becomes legal without a change in Florida law. I like it. What say you? Would you want that for staff and teachers in the school where your kids attend? Expanding what they're doing at Southeastern University in Lakeland, working with Grady Judd's Polk County Sheriff's Office. I think it's needed. I think it's a great idea. But I wonder what you think. Talk to me. 407-916-5400. Text us at 23680. I'd rather like to see an expansion of this one-of-a-kind program down at Southeastern University in Lakeland where they are essentially deputizing staff and, um, and professors who volunteer to be trained how to use a gun and then carry a concealed firearm on campus, in the classroom, etc., um, as as armed resistance to somebody who comes in trying to engineer mass slaughter. And it kind of gets around the gun-free zones thing, because if you're law enforcement, without a change in Florida law, you can carry a weapon on a school campus. I'd like to see that expanded to our public schools, and that's that's what I'm putting out there for your consideration this morning. 
Interesting to get a teacher's perspective, and for that we go to Volusia County. And Paul, thank you for joining me on the 50,000-watt front porch. What do you think? I say, Bud, man, you are my voice for news every morning. Thank you for working, and stay healthy, please. I'm working on um, it. Thank you. Okay. Outside of that, yes, I believe a gun would be uh, most appreciated on campus, especially in Volusia County. Um, this story is, I mean, we have fire extinguishers on campus in locked cases, okay? We have eight, ten buildings on my junior high campus. And, you know, how do you defend a multi-building campus? There should be at least one in a cabinet locked up uh, and a trained person in every building, uh, especially in a campus that is so easy to walk into, drive away, and uh, be centered right in the middle of a residential area. Um, I have all support for uh, firearms. I went to Southeastern University, and that campus is right in the middle of a vulnerable area, easy access with a road going right by it. Mm -hmm. um, we need that kind of strength of deterrence, just the knowledge of it, whether we use the guns ever or not. Just it to be a deterrent is strength enough. Paul, terrific call, and I thank you so much for it. Yaffe, you're checking out our text line at 23680 where folks can register their opinion. Never a busy signal. What's coming in there? Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of people who support what Grady Judd is doing. One person says, teachers with guns is a good idea. Extensive firearms, criminal and civil liability, decision-making, training. Kudos to the sheriff. Uh, another person said, um, get rid of gun-free zones altogether says, one of the greatest joys in life was the time I spent with my kids driving them to school. I carried a concealed weapon with me. What's there wrong with that? Lots of legislation pending for the session in Tallahassee coming up with the legislature here uh, to essentially end gun-free zones. But for now, the idea that you could be deputized by local law enforcement, you could carry a concealed weapon in a school to protect your kids against a mass killer coming in, and it would be legal understanding law now. What are your thoughts on this? You and, and Bryce as well, you had an interesting idea. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my thoughts are I completely support it. I think we get so crazy over these gun issues thinking that the mere presence of a gun means that someone's going to get shot. And that's silly because that means someone would get shot at every gun range in the country every day. It's silly to think that the mere presence of a gun means danger. And there's another deterrent that um, that you brought to my attention during the break, Bryce. Share that. Yeah, I was thinking just a sign that says our teachers may be holding guns or are armed. You know, it's a great deterrent. It's an equivalent of the beware of dog. Exactly. You know, you don't want to jump over that fence if it has that sign that says beware of dog because you just don't want to get bit. So you know, beware of rabid gun-toting teachers. Exactly. Like what's uh, I what? would think twice before going there. <laughs> exactly. Now I think that's why people pick schools is because they're so vulnerable because they're not allowed to have guns on it and there's only like two deputies. It's fish in a barrel. It, it's a magnet. So and, why not? A magnet that attracts. We need a magnet that repels. Exactly. These maniacs. We need to get real on this. I like this one of a kind program that they've started at Southeastern University in Lakeland. I think it has application to all of our schools here within the sound of my voice. We'll follow the progress of that. It's, um, I think it's just terrific. Kudos to Grady Judd, the sheriff down there, and I love his line. Hey, the message is if you show up on campus with a gun, we're going to shoot you graveyard dead if you try to hurt our kids. Can't do that if nobody's got a gun. Boycotts are very fashionable 
these days in the U.S. of A., and we got one on today, Deb. Yeah, we do. Many U.S. businesses will be closed for an immigrant boycott. Immigrants are expected to boycott work, shopping, and school today as part of a nationwide strike called A Day Without Immigrants. Organizers are encouraging both legal residents and illegal immigrants to stay home. In response to President Trump's crackdown on illegal immigration, hundreds of illegal immigrants were rounded up in raids across the country this week and last week. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. So let's stop talking about the vitriol. Let's have a little bit of fun. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about love. Okay, we're a little late for Valentine's Day, but love is always in season. Exactly, and it's always in style. Where did you get married, bud? I got married in Syracuse, New York, in a wonderful church. In a church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you ever consider getting married? Like, you're not, you don't strike me as like a courthouse kind of guy. No, no, I don't think so. I'd no. definitely be a church wedding guy. What about you, Mike Yaffe, our single producer it'll looking prob- for love? It'll probably be at church yeah. or maybe at the beach. Probably. Although so. I've always said you should spend less on the ceremony and more on the honeymoon, but that's just. No, that My is theory. that is some brilliant thinking right there. <laughs> and here's a great way to save some of that money and still have a memorable ceremony. Taco Bell is adding a new item to the menu to add some spice to your life. That's right. You heard me right. Taco Bell weddings. Yaffe's a big Taco Bell guy. I so am. I now do you're, love it Now myself. he's all of a sudden open to some new thinking. Tell us about this. Well, beginning this summer, Mike Yaffe, the fast food chain's flagship. I don't plan on getting married that soon to anyone. Well, you never know. you, <laughs> you got to get him a girlfriend first. Exa- well, you know, Bryce, our phone screener behind him, you know, he's got a girlfriend. That is true, but so, we're not going to get married in Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't know sure why. not going to lend her to Yaffe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty sure. Have her scrubbed and sent to his tent. Anyway. Beginning this summer, the fast food chain's flagship location in Las Vegas will offer a full wedding package, complete with a sauce packet bouquet and flowers. According to its website, Taco Bell superfans with a marriage license will be able to order the $600 wedding package right off its menu. Wait, wait, so you, I'm confused. You go into the Taco Bell, like you wait in line? Yep, you order a wedding. The Las Vegas location even has a wedding chapel on the second floor just for the occasion. Oh, okay. There's at least a chapel. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, here's what the full package includes. A ceremony in the chapel inside the restaurant with an ordained officiant. This is the part that gets me. Within as little as four hours. I I, I love this idea. This is it's fast food what? and fast wedding. But within as little as four hours. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm just concerned of the couple that has to get married within four hours or what? Oh, I see. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That does raise some interesting thoughts. Doesn't it? Yeah. Dude, six hundred dollars though. That's that's a great price. That is, you know, especially if you can. Then if they take coupons, private <laughs> area for a reception inside the restaurant with up to fifteen of your closest family and friends who don't mind being seen at a Taco Bell wedding. Custom merchandise, including a sauce packet garter and bow tie, just married T-shirts for the bride and groom, and Taco Bell branded champagne flutes. A romantic dinner for two is included as well, bud. Mike, get this. The package comes with a taco 12-pack filled with tacos and a Cinnabon Delights cake for dessert. Oh, now you're talking, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so that's the wedding cake, a Cinnabon that's the, cake? Cinnabon Delights. That's the one that we there cut together? That's oh. what you get. Yes, Toast with your, with your knife. Yeah, with your Taco Bell branded <laughs> champagne flutes. Hey, for ultimate taco lovers, there's also a contest to become the first couple to get married at the Taco Bell Wedding Chapel 
Couples must upload a 30-second video of themselves to Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag Love and Tacos Contest. So when you invite people and you ask them chicken or beef, you're talking about the tacos. <laughs> you, have to, you have to add uh, soft and hard tacos as well. Soft and hard chicken or beef. <laughs> there you go. I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit concerned about the sauce packet bouquet and sauce packet garter. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, when I you just... throw the bouquet, that could just make a, a real big mess. It's actually <laughs> quite lovely. This is nuts. Is it? It's, 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 it's lovely. It. Yeah. Puts a new term to wedding bells, right? Ciao. <laughs> good Taco job, Bryce. This is good. Not bad. I like that. I'm done. I'm going home. That's right. That was a drop the mic moment. <laughs> good stuff. We don't want to drop the mic. We love the mic. No, we have to keep Mike. As in the Yaffe. Yeah, except I will need a I will need a four hours off when I get married. So to go to Hey, as long as I Bell. get a chalupa, you're good. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts alongside the Bud Man here and Yaffe in the control room and Bryce screening as well and making pithy commentary, adding to the conversation here from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. The brand new contest being put on by Orlando City Hall. And anybody can enter, no matter what your age, no matter where you live, doesn't cost you anything to enter. They're looking for somebody to come up with a winning design for a new City of Orlando flag. And you're saying, well, I didn't even know we had an old one. Well, we've had one since 1980, and I, I can paint the word picture for you. It's kind of lame, and um, it, it's, a, um, it's a flag, and it has the top half white, the bottom half is kind of blue, and in the middle of it, they have some artwork. It says City of Orlando. There's a suggestion of some buildings, a couple of trees, one a palm tree, one not, and something that is sort of supposed to suggest the Lake Eola Fountain dead center. Okay, now here's the deal. They say they want a brand new flag designed by the people for the people. What should a new Orlando flag look like? What do you think it'll look like? I'll tell you how I think it ought to go here in just a moment. But they say that they are keeping the rules very simple. As a matter of fact, if you want to enter and and have a winning design, you've got to create it on a three to five three-by-five-foot note card and accompanied it by a paragraph of 150 words or less explaining the symbolism in the flag. That is required. They say you have to keep it simple. The flag should be so simple that a child can draw it from memory. Use meaningful symbolism. Flag's images, colors, patterns should relate to what it symbolizes. Use only two to three basic colors. No lettering or seals. No seal of the city of Orlando, and we have one. Um, Be distinctive. Avoid duplicating other flags, but use similarities to show connections. I don't know what they're talking about there, but at any rate. And um, you can submit this between now, it started yesterday, and the 22nd of March. You can drop it off at Orlando City Hall, lots of other locations as well. And uh, they're going to have a flag judging committee, and then it all gets uh, submitted to the Orlando City Council, and they vote and formally adopt the design as the new city uh, flag. It doesn't cost anything to enter. You don't get any money. But you get the prestige of knowing that, hey, that's the new flag of Orlando, and I had the winning design. So what ought, what ought it to look like? I've been thinking hard about this, Yaffe. Let's make it very, very simple. Whoever can create the best portrait of Mayor Buddy Dyer, okay, that needs to be the flag 
on maybe a field of white, maybe with the sun shining down upon him. <laughs> like a Mao. <laughs> it's kind of like a banana republic yeah. sort of thing, president in, or, you know, in perpetuity, mayor forever. You know, I, I just think it needs to have that look about, you know, Central, Central American dictator he, look he or has something. To, yeah, he has to be looking from, like, the side, yes. you know, in the distance, like the dictators they, do. They, they had an image of Obama like that. You remember that, that they came out with? Well, and Hillary. They had one of her, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, th- I think we just need a really, really good um, uh, portrait of yeah, um, might a as buddy well. guy and, and, and call it a day. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on how this is going to go? Only two to three colors is a little bit limiting. Yeah, I thought that they would try to put in a rainbow flag, you know, rainbow colors in it because yeah, that seems to be the big colors thing. in a rainbow, that's but, it. But yeah, so I, th- I have a feeling they'll at least put in the color purple. Oh, gee, no rainbow? I can't believe it. We're not going to have a rainbow in the new city flag. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> What about I, colors? I could see them pushing for that, to be honest. But I so think so could I. Yeah, I think uh, purple, purple. I think that seems to be Orlando's color now. Purple with the pride and Orlando City soccer yeah. and everything else. It seems to be everywhere. So I have a feeling. Just put Buddy Dyer's head with uh, purple in the background, and there That's you go. It. That's it. What about it, uh, Bryce? Any thoughts on that? You know, I'm I'm just trying to think. If when I say Orlando, what's the one word that pops in my head? And it's like beautiful, but how do you just, you just can't just put beautiful on a flag. Well, it's called the city beautiful. Yeah, so like how? how... Uh, they say they don't want any writing, you know, that that is on the seal of the city, but they don't want that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like wrap up Orlando in just one image. We, we're so many different things. I mean, so. you could just put Bud Hedinger on there. No. Or just in, in Bud, the you know, he can be Buddy Dwyer and Bud Hedinger. Oh, Buddy, Buddy Dyer and, and the Bud Man. <laughs> Bud and Buddy. You're standing arm in arm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the contest goes on until I think the 22nd of March. They're going to have a new flag here in Orlando. And the old one's kind of lame. I think it's time. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 if you've got an idea. Jaffe, you're checking a text line about uh, designs for a new Orlando flag? Yes, I think this is the best idea so far. One person said that what should be on the flag a giant Bob's Barricade. An orange barrel. <laughs> yes. We've become orange barrel world, <laughs> especially with the redo of I-4. That's for sure. <laughs> We're on to nine this morning. Power Pack third hour coming up. Lots of Trump news. But tonight, you're on with Beyond Reason on WFLA. Yes, and I'm on a little bit earlier tonight at 7 p.m. So 7 to 9 p.m. tonight. Who knows what we'll talk about. We'll see what Trump says today. I think I want to talk a little bit about... Um, Benjamin Netanyahu being here and what he said and Trump said. Some really interesting stuff there. So join me tonight at 7. Absolutely. All right. We've got a boycott on. Deb's talking about it here. Immigrants boycotting on this day without immigrants. What's that all about? And a Florida congressman, Dennis Ross. We've had him on the show many times. Questions the Fed chair yelling. So all the news at the top of the hour with my partner and co-host, Deborah Roberts. Then we launch into our third big hour on the 50,000-watt front porch. Coming to you on Good Morning Orlando from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540, nationwide on iHeartRadio. Good morning, Orlando. It's 759. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on the Thursday edition of the show. We are glad you've dropped by and just in time for Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning today's a day without immigrants. And Florida Congressman Dennis Ross questions Fed Chair. Janet Yellen. We'll have the details in one minute. And we'll hop on the Trump train.
Maine, and the president's going to be hopping on the Trump plane and landing in central Florida this weekend for a big rally. Tell you all about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. Many businesses and a number of major U.S. cities, including several here in Florida, are going to be closed today as part of a nationwide strike called A Day Without Immigrants. Organizers are calling on immigrants, whether they're legal residents, U.S. citizens, or in the country illegally, to stay home in response to President Trump's crackdown on immigration, including his suspended travel ban. It isn't known yet how much participation there will be, but a number of East Coast restaurants will close in solidarity, and a Washington, D.C. area health food chain, Sweet Green, is also taking part. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, organizers are planning a march in the nation's capital on tax day, April 15th, in an effort to get President Trump to release his tax returns. The tax march will include some leaders who were part of the huge women's march on Washington. Other marches are planned for dozens of other cities coast to coast. Trump is the first president in decades now to release his tax returns, but an effort in Congress to force their release was shot down this week. Questions and answers about the economy as the House panel talk out the issues with Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Florida Congressman Dennis Ross also wanted assurances that the Fed's policies would be looking out for the people who work to have two dimes to rub together and not just the fat cats. The mom and pops, the fixed income people who have really suffered a lot uh, in their savings and eating into principle. I'm hoping that that, that monetary policy uh, will 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 be such that they'll have an opportunity that they can survive again and and not just those on Wall Street. Topics of the hearing cover every aspect of the economy and monetary policy from the national to the global stage. Florida had another record-setting year for tourism despite natural disasters, a virus outbreak, and the tragic attack on the Pulse nightclub. Governor Rick Scott will announce today at the Brevard Zoo that nearly 113 million tourists visited the state last year. This is the sixth year in a row that the numbers have climbed. Nearly 107 million tourists visited in 2015. Scott will hail the continued growth during a time when the agency that promotes tourism is coming under fire. House Republicans are still backing a proposal to shut down Visit Florida amid questionable contracts such as the one that paid rap star Pitbull $1 million to promote the state. World Relief will lay off at least 140 staffers and close five offices because of the Trump administration's decision to reduce the number of refugees allowed into the United States. The Baltimore-based group will close offices in several states, including the office in Miami. Those five offices alone have resettled more than 25,000 refugees over the past four decades. But World Relief says it'll continue to help refugees and other immigrants in communities throughout the U.S. And finally, former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and the newest host of The Celebrity Apprentice is trading jabs with the band Nickelback. Schwarzenegger, who's pushing for redistricting reform, released a video this week listing all the things that are more popular than Congress. Here's some of the things that are more popular than Congress. Hemorrhoids, nickelback, traffic jams, cockroaches, root canals, colonoscopies, herpes, even herpes. They couldn't beat herpes in the polls. Schwarzenegger also <laughs> tweeted, when Congress is less popular than herpes and nickelback, how did 97% of them get reelected? Gerrymandering. The band fired back with, quote, approval rate this, Batman and Robin. Please leave us out of your future wisdom drops. Danka Shun, hair governator, 
Schwarzenegger followed with, that's ice cold. I hope we can agree that we need a freeze on gerrymandering, guys. Thanks for the reply. Throwing shade all over the political landscape. Man, I guess so. And maybe looking for the next gig. His numbers on The Apprentice have been really, really bad, apparently. Yeah, well, so I, you know. You got to look forward to the next gig, you know. <laughs> I tell you, I may be terminated. He may be. And I'm sure Nickelback isn't going to invite him to join their uh, no, I don't stage think so. show. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Poor Nickelback. They get Aww. more shade than anybody. Oh, uh, yes. WFLA News Time. It's 8.07. Read about a Russian spy ship first spotted off the coast of Florida that's now been spotted loitering near a Connecticut Navy base. At 1025WFLA.com, the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Don, you can't go back to the newsroom yet. Smile, look pretty. No. We're on video. No. On Facebook Live. Like us on Facebook at WFLA Orlando. The comments are rolling in. I'm telling you what, Deb Meister, they love you. You look marvelous, you know. <laughs> there, now oh, I look marvelous. Look at you, Foxy. Give me a break. Yeah. Yaffe in the control room. Bryce is screening, and we're here from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We come to you on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. For our Facebook viewers, that's your last look at the Deb Meister. She. There she's back. She's retreating <laughs> into the newsroom. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, we're hopping on the Trump train, and we've got news about the president hopping on Air Force One on the presidential plane and holding a huge rally out in Melbourne this weekend. First big Trump rally since he took the office of President of the United States. So that and much more, along with Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, as always. Updated here for you in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, back in late September, there was a huge Trump rally out at the Melbourne airport, and they're going to hold one in exactly the same place this Saturday at 5 p.m., where you want to be, and the tickets are free. Doors opening at 3, but the event starting at 5 will be at the Aero Mod International Hangar at Orlando Melbourne International Airport, okay? And you can get tickets on on this website, donaldjtrump.com slash schedule. Now, they had a problem with going over capacity. They can only hold 8,500 inside the hangar, and a lot of other people got left out of the rally on late September out there because they just could not be accommodated where, where Trump was speaking. So you might want to get out there early on this Saturday. Uh, those who are supposedly in the know say that the president will be talking about his early accomplishments and uh, as president and his plans for the future. There's not going to be um, any seating. You're going to have to stand. You can't bring your chairs. They're saying don't bring any homemade signs or banners. I don't know why that is. No professional cameras. I understand the security aspect there. You could hide goodness knows what in one of those. And they will be selling Trump-related merchandise. So that's what's going on. A post-election, post-inaugural rally. I think the president's just looking to get recharged and reconnected to the American people and out of the negative echo chamber of Washington, Yaffe. I think he wants a little love, and I think he knows where to find it. Well, it's Trump. He loves the attention. 
So I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of funny. He's on his way to Mar-a-Lago for the third weekend in a row that he's going to the Winter White House down there. Um, by the way, um, our friend Mark Logos texted me when we were talking about this last time, and he says he thinks he's going to start calling for uh, like another moonshot or something because this is at the Space Coast. So he's going to start talking about NASA and maybe going to the moon and well, all that's that interesting. Stuff. By the way, Mark Logos is going to be hosting for me tomorrow yes. and for some of the days when I will be away and you'll be hosting the show uh, during the other days. I'm going to take Correct. a week and a couple of days starting tomorrow. So um, I guess I'll, I'll allow it, I guess. Thank you very much, Mr. Yaffe. I do appreciate <laughs> that. Letting me sign out here. Uh, at any rate, um, that's interesting. We'll see whether or not that comes down the pike. A big announcement. Interesting last night. Who the Trumps hosted at the White House? Donald and Melania, the president and the first lady, hosted in the blue room just to force him for dinner. Marco Rubio and his wife, Jeanette. Wow. You know how they just blasted each other in a campaign trail during the primary season? Man, did it get ugly. Little Marco, small hands, you remember the whole thing. It just got bizarre. But I think what you have here is the president knowing he needs an ally in the Senate. And I think there was some fence mending going on there last night. And uh, Rubio is now calling on the Intelligence Committee, where he holds a seat, at an inve- for an investigation into just who wiretapped and leaked information to the media on conversations between now-departed National Security Advisor Mike Flynn and the Russian ambassador. So uh, and and Rubio wants to go after this. They have vastly different opinions on uh, on Russia. I mean, uh, tr- Trump seems to think that there's good in Putin, good in Russia, and Rubio doesn't see much good in either. Okay, but he does want this investigation into the leaks, and uh, and I think maybe the stage was set by repairing the relationship last night over dinner at the White House. I think that's what was going on there last night. I don't know, Yaffe. I was doing show prep. I couldn't make it. <laughs> and I wasn't invited. Uh, I was about to say that you should have been there. I would have been great. You know, the big news of that, though, is uh, Melania was at the White House. So she is going to be at the White House. Yeah. Yep. There was talk about her not being there very yeah, much. And, and there, there's all kinds of conflicting media reports about whether she likes the role as First Lady. Some say she's miserable, that it was Donald Trump's dream, not hers, and she's stuck with this. Um, you know, so I don't know. I didn't know all that. Well, that, that's what I'm reading. I don't know what the truth is there. Uh, but we'll see. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. My doctor at Lake Cardiology, and boy, I got to tell you, I don't know of anybody who's more up to date on breaking health and medical news, and that's what Doc brings us every Thursday morning, and it's always great to have you with us. Good morning to you, Dr. K. Boy, great to be with you all. You know, so many folks now seem to be on the um, gluten-free diet. You've got some interesting research they need to hear. It is. About a third of the population is trying to lower their gluten intake, and this week's news is that gluten-free diet but it may increase the risk of arsenic and mercury exposure. Whoa. A gluten-free diet, it excludes foods that contain gluten, a protein which is found in wheat, barley, and rye, as well as the byproducts of these grains. Rice flour is a common substitute for gluten in many gluten-free products, and rice can bioaccumulate, but 
arsenic, mercury, and other potentially harmful toxic metals from water, soil, or fertilizers. And exposure to these metals has been associated with increased risk of heart disease, cancer, and other diseases. Boy, that's pretty scary stuff. Speaking of heart disease here, um, testosterone therapy, new research showing, may be helpful in this regard, right? In dealing with it or warding it off, right? Cardiovascular disease. Yes. This won't be the last study, but this is very important. Journal of Cardiovascular Pharmacology and Therapeutics this week, that testosterone therapy may reduce the risk of heart disease in men. This was a study that followed 656 men aged 60 and older with low testosterone for eight years, with 360 men receiving testosterone therapy and 296 not receiving testosterone therapy. The results simply were that dramatic decrease in the number of heart attacks and strokes and deaths were seen uh, in the people who were actually on the testosterone. Very little heart disease, very little deaths from heart disease in the testosterone-treated patients. The important thing is that this was only for eight years, but it looks like there may be a protective effect from testosterone. Boy, that's very, very interesting, and as you say, very, very important news. Now, especially for the ladies in childbearing period of their life right now, we have some interesting new research about something that may help prevent uh, recurrent miscarriages, Doc. What's the story there? This is some wonderful news out of the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism this week. What's the most horrible way to start off a marriage with your first uh, conception and have a miscarriage. There is some hope here. Taking something as simple as a daily low-dose aspirin bud could help prevent recurrences of a miscarriage. The aspirin appears to help boost live births in women with high levels of inflammation who previously lost a pregnancy. It's amazing. It's kind of the miracle drug's been around forever, and aspirin seems to play... Uh, such a constructive role in so many ways in our health, doesn't it, Doc? Absolutely. It's amazing. I've always associated vitamin C with being something that helps guard us against colds and flu. We got another vitamin that may do that as well. What's that story? Let's update you here. This is out of the British Medical Journal this week. Vitamin D really does protect against respiratory infections, including colds and flu, and they concluded it may be almost as good as the flu shot. This analysis of pooled raw data from around 11,000 participants in 25 clinical trials, it answered that thorny question of why vitamin D worked in some trials, but not in others. And the bottom line is that the protective effects of vitamin D supplementation are strongest in those who have the lowest vitamin D levels. And when supplementation is given daily or weekly, rather than in more widely spaced doses. Where do we get vitamin D in our diet? I mean, you can obviously take supplements, but what foods provide it? A lot of the grains are enriched. Uh, Milk is, uh, Mm -hmm. bread and here in Florida, you know, I recommend everyone get 10 to 15 minutes, uh, three to four days a week of a whole body sun. You know, we're so careful. We don't want to get skin cancer, but just a little bit, 10 to 15 minutes, three to four days a week, we'll get that vitamin D level up. The sunshine vitamin, they call it. Now, for folks who work away from home on the road, some important health-related news you have for us, Doc. 
But working outside an office may spare you from commutes and interruptions by colleagues. Avoid that I-4, but it also makes you more vulnerable to unpaid overtime, stress, and insomnia. According to a new report from, would you believe, the United Nations International Labor Organization, employees are more productive while outside of a conventional office, but noted it also brought risks of longer working hours, higher work intensity, and work-home interference. How about that, Doc? We had more to go here on the house call, but we'll have to hold that till another time because we are out of time. Thank you so much, Dr. Kronhaus, my heart doctor from Lake Cardiology with our weekly house call on Good Morning Orlando. Have a great day, Doc, and thanks for coming by. Keep that olive oil in the diet and be well. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's more research on that, and I'm sure Doc will be talking about it this Sunday on his nationally syndicated radio program, Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. We carry it here on WFLA every Sunday from 2 until 3. Don't miss it. And don't miss an opportunity for the best in heart care and the best in heart care technology from Dr. Kronhaus at Lake Cardiology, home of the BudScan 2.0 heart scan. Most insurance will pick it up, the cost of it, depending on your circumstances, and it could save your life. Book an appointment today by calling 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. Ahead, we've got Deb with our news update at the bottom of the hour. And then a full 30 more minutes together on the 50,000-watt front porch, and we will get to that. Right now, though, at 8.30, she's going to tell us about the big immigrants boycott on this Day Without Immigrants protest. And uh, the Atlanta Zoo has named a cockroach after my guy, Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. What is that all about? I guess I'll be listening as closely as you will be. The Debmeister checking in in a moment, and good morning, Orlando, at 8.30. The Bud Man and the Deb Meister and uh, Yaffe and Bryce. That's the uh, that's the starting lineup here. And good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And, of course, we're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM and, as always, on AM 540 and nationwide on the iHeartRadio app. On iHeartRadio, just download it. You're going to love it. we got a big boycott going on, and Deb's got that story as we update the news at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour. But since this has been my top story all morning, I'm hoping you've already heard it because I can't wait to get to today's Deb segment story, so I'm going to kind of rush a little quickly through this That's main this Tom story. Brady cockroach thing. I know. I'm telling you, I don't <laughs> Say like the Say it one more way. time. Say it one more time. No, Come on. I will not. Come on. All right, our big news of the day is Talk that... Talk about a uh, boycott. I may just have to leave the studio on that yeah, one. <laughs> you won't get very far. Uh, <laughs> but if you're going to be going to a fast food restaurant or anywhere today, be aware that some of those businesses may be shut down, and that's because in a show of force, many immigrants across the country are staying home from school and work today to show how critical they are to the U.S. economy and way of life. Protests are planned in several cities across the country today, including several here in Florida. A Day Without Immigrants is in response to President Trump's pledge to increase the deportation of immigrants living in the country illegally. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And the key word is <laughs> illegally. I'm sorry. The key word is illegally here. Legal immigrants, good. The backbone of America since the dawn of the republic. Illegal immigrants, an entirely different story you try to get through that story so fast deb to get to the next one and he, yeah and then he starts getting all yeah. curmudgeonly again uh-huh. at the end taking up my he's, time he's trying to do take up the time i'm gonna run out the clock here we don't get to the brady <laughs> cockroach story. oh wow running out the clock that sounds familiar uh more than a week after the falcons fell victim to the biggest comeback in super bowl history in atlanta zoo 
has named a cockroach after Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. How about we talk about that comeback now? Wasn't it 28-3 Falcons in the third quarter? <laughs> and they come back and they oh, win it in overtime. And it's, a, it's a big cockroach, too. <laughs> well, wait, uh, now, wait a minute. This is bias. This is in a zoo in Atlanta. Uh, naming a cockroach after Brady? I'm sure it's not the only cockroach, but I'm sure there's zoos all over the country that have named <laughs> their cockroaches after Tom Brady. If not, we'll give them a call and exactly, give them the idea. Exactly. Is the story over yet? No. Zoo Atlanta says on its Facebook page that it had a bet with Rhode Island's Roger Williams Park Zoo that uh, called for the loser to name a baby animal after the winning team's star quarterback. Now, it's not as biased as you think because both zoos figured the loser would be pretty bitter about the game. So they agreed the animal in question would be a Madagascar hissing cockroach. So it didn't matter which quarterback was going to win. They were, they were going to have a cockroach named I'm after I'm feeling them. a little better now. The zoo introduced a whole family of cockroaches in a video Monday, including a tiny Tom Brady. Brady and the Patriots, here we go, came back from a 25-point deficit. So I saw a meme on hey, uh, hey, 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 Facebook please, the other day. Please, she's recounting the Super Bowl comeback for the and I saw a meme on Facebook yes, yeah. uh, the other day. Yeah. And it showed uh, Tom Brady's uh, talking to Joe Montana. Yeah. And Tom Brady's like, look what I did. I came back from 25 down at the Super Bowl. And Joe Montana says, I never let my team get 25 points down. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Let's just Stop leave it, it there. Let's just leave it there. That's beautiful. And finally this morning, a New York high school basketball player. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to do that recap of the Super Bowl, but I don't need to do that for you, bud. You remember it real well. Oh, I'll always remember that. <laughs> well, a New York high school basketball player who helped rescue an ice fisherman from Lake Ontario was kept from suiting up for a game because the heroics caused him to miss the team bus. Well, that just ain't right. No, it's not. Lucas Patchen was among the volunteer firefighters who rescued a stranded fisherman from drifting ice. He missed the uh, team's departure for a road playoff game later that day. Now, the school requires that any player not riding on a team bus call the coach or athletic director. The team says he was unable to call while the rescue was underway, right? The superintendent says the district is proud of him, but that the student knew the policy Still, the superintendent also says he's willing to consider changing the rule. I think we need to get that done. I think absolutely. I mean, the the last thing you want to do is not encourage your students to, you know, lend a helping hand. He's a volunteer firefighter. He should get a pat on the back, and the principal should drive him to the next road game. Boy, you're not kidding on that one, Deb. You know, really. Good stuff. Thank you. You're forgiven that cockroach. I was going to say, did, did we talk about the... Uh, the what? cockroach named after Tom Brady? Uh, I think we did. Do you want me to repeat it? Oh, my head hurts. Uh, my it's neighbor, a hissing Madagascar make cockroach. It stop. Yeah, Bryce? My neighbor has a little baby goat she named Tom Brady. Hey, look at that, bud. You know what the acronym GOAT is, though? G O A T. Greatest, of, greatest all time. of all time in sports now. I wonder if he Goats screams like good. a goat. I'll bet you he screams like a goat. I don't what do you know. think, Mike Yaffe? He is just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we? <laughs> we guys. could keep going. No, he can't. You can't because Dr. <laughs> Filatowski is going to call me up and say, Where's my commercial? <laughs> all right. Tom Morgan joining us right now, talking sports here on the 50,000-watt front porch. And the NBA All-Star break is upon us. And boy, what a very tough final game before the break for our Magic. My but, goodness. But don't you think 
that's the team that really needs the break right now. Yes. They need to work during the All-Star break to try to figure out what to do about the team. Yep. Yeah. The Magic got whacked by the Spurs last night. They just schooled them. 107-79. It didn't help that they didn't have Serge Ibaka, who they traded the day before. Yeah. And then they didn't even have the guy that he they traded for. He wasn't able to play because of a technicality. Uh, uh, Abaka wasn't didn't clear his physical yeah. in time, so Terrence Ross couldn't play last night. So the Magic were shorthanded anyway against a really good team. But yeah, they got whacked. So they end the first half twenty one and thirty seven. Pretty rough. Pretty and rough. Now do they the have All- any answers? Who knows? Well, we'll see. Uh, now the All Star Game in the NBA is coming up this weekend. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's coming up Sunday in New Orleans, and that's why last night's game was the last of the first half. Aaron Gordon of the Magic is in the slam dunk contest, scheduled anyway. You know, he's coming off that ankle injury. I would not be surprised today or tomorrow to find out that he's bowing out. Not to say that he's going to, Mm -hmm. but he might do that as a precautionary measure. You know, I want to be ready for the start of the second half. But we shall see. And, you know, he'll be a good um, uh, bet to win that thing. Let's back it down to talking about college hoops right now, and our Florida Gators are a terrific story. You're looking great in your Gators sweatshirt, and of course we carry all the Gator games right here on WFLA, and they are nationally ranked, but boy, they suffered a tough loss. 15th rank in the country, bud, playing great. They've won seven in a row. They look like they're going to be a uh, high seed for the NCAA tournament, and then this happens. Their starting center, 6'11", John Ebunu, Injures his knee against Auburn. He's out for the year now. Mm. He'll need ACL surgery. Not only that, the recovery time, 10 to 12 months. Really? Which means he might not even be ready to play in December of next year. Bad if he injury. comes back. He might not even come back. He might go to the NBA. Have we got enough depth to play on and do well without They him? don't have a lot of depth at, at center. Uh, Kavarius Hayes has played very well as Egbunu's backup. And every time that Egbunu's been injured in his career at Florida... Hayes has come through and played very well, so so hopefully they'll be able to you know make up for the loss. But that that's a big loss for Florida. They play Mississippi State Saturday at one thirty here on WFLA. And NASCAR fans, speed weeks at Daytona <laughs> didn't get any better than this. Yeah, uh, speed weeks begins this weekend. Kind of creeped up on you, didn't it? Did yeah. Totally. Flash at Daytona is the celebra- uh, the uh, celebrity race on Saturday. No points. Sunday, they qualify for the Daytona 500, the two best times. And then next week, they'll have the twin races. And then the Daytona 500 on February 26th. Talk about creeping up on you. Major League Baseball is it's coming here. back. It's here. The Braves uh, uh, started yesterday. They're pitchers and catchers uh, out at uh, Lake Buena Vista. The Marlins and uh, Rays also have started spring training. The uh, entire rosters for every, every team uh, reporting tomorrow. Can't wait. Good stuff, as always, talking sports with you, Tom. Hi, bud. Thanks for dropping by. Tom Morgan, our sports director here on Good Morning Orlando and WFLA. You know, the NFL got really burned in the ratings. People turned away off the Colin Kaepernick-led protest of the national anthem over alleged, you know, discrimination in the country, taking a knee, showing a lack of respect for the national anthem. You know, and they, I think their numbers were down like several percentage points in one season and really a lot in the uh, in the weeks um, following the initiation of that protest that the NFL didn't seem to have any problem with. Now, now the NFL is threatening the state of Texas that unless unless they do what they say is the right thing 
in terms of bathroom bill legislation that they may well not get another Super Bowl. And that has sent the governor of Texas into orbit. Greg Abbott blasting the National Football League, saying they need to concentrate on playing football and get the heck out of politics, that they need to learn their place in the United States, which is to govern football, not get involved in politics. I totally agree with that. Here's what is going on. In the state of Texas, there is a proposal in the legislature, it is Senate Bill 6, that would require transgendered people to use bathrooms in public schools, government buildings, and public universities based on their biological sex, how they're built, how they were born. It would also preempt local non-discrimination ordinances that allow transgender Texans to use the bathroom that corresponds to their gender identity. I'm identifying as female, even though I'm built like a guy, I'm using the ladies' room. And the converse of that as well. Now, the NFL has issued a statement saying that we embrace inclusiveness. We want all fans to feel welcomed at our events, and NFL policies prohibit discrimination based on, and there's a whole laundry list, okay, sexual orientation too. If if a proposal that is discriminatory or inconsistent with our values were to become law in Texas, it would certainly be a factor considered when thinking about awarding future events. In other words, you want another Super Bowl? You get this law the way we want it. You know, I don't understand where the NFL gets off with this. I really don't. And I think they need to poll their players. I will bet you if you could get an honest poll out of the players, most of them would say, we don't go for that transgendered bathroom stuff. We don't want that. Most of the owners, most of the owners are wealthy, white conservatives who you know aren't going to go for this. Where is this coming from? Some underlings in Commissioner Goodell's office? I don't understand why the league feels compelled to get involved in politics here, and I don't think the people who are the product, and that's the players, if you got an honest answer out of them, would say that this is anything that they want to be involved in and that they don't see this bathroom bill stuff the way the league is claiming to see it, Yaffe. Well, not only that, but what if you pulled the fans? I bet if you pulled the fans, they probably wouldn't see it that way either. No, they would not. No, they would not. I agree with that 100%. So what's going on here? Have we got some social justice warriors, liberals in the commissioner's office? or What What the heck is the NFL getting involved in politics? Play football. It's our escape from those things that are political. It seems like everything's political nowadays, though. It's everywhere and everything. Sports, entertainment, music. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Hey, that's it. I'm going to be away for a week or so of vacation. Yaffe will be hosting some of the shows, Mark Logos as well. And Yaffe's just warming up. You're going to be on tonight here on WFLA, buddy. Talk about it. Yes, I'll be on 7 to 9 p.m. tonight where I'm the voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason. And he'll be taking your calls and your text messages just the way we do here every morning. That's it. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll see you in a week or so. Take good care, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. And as always, God bless America.